Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, we get it. You don't want to be hearing a progressive commercial right now. So let us tell you something you do want to hear. You are intelligent. You make all the right decisions. You were smart before smart was cool, and you made it cool again. You have a wealth of knowledge, and you are so very clever. (laughs) I bet you already knew I was going to say that, you genius. There, don't you feel better? You'll also feel better when you hear you could save big when you switch to Progressive. But I'm pretty sure you already knew that, too. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast is brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090, Marishka's in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933, and Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Let's drop the puck. Welcome to the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast with NBCChicago.com's James Navo and 670 The Scores hockey guy, Jay Zawoski. Here I is Chicago! Welcome into the first post-playoff elimination edition. Yeah, went there. Of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Navo from NBC5 Chicago. And with me, as always, is the one and only I'm Fat podcast <laughs> co-host, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score. Jay, so much has happened since last we spoke. The entire Chicago media landscape got flipped on its head. The Blackhawks got eliminated from the playoffs. Donald Trump fired everybody. It's a weird world right now, man. But you know what? I'm looking forward to talking about our feelings tonight. Our feelings specifically about our dearly departed Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, I'm looking at the TV right now, and you and I had planned to do this podcast post game, uh, but I wrote you during the second intermission, like, let's just get this over with. Uh, right now it's 5-1 to one, Vancouver. Vancouver has not scored more than four goals since, I believe, the middle of February. Um, this team sucks. They're really bad. The goalies are horrible. Um, Jonathan Taves is out with an injury, so 
they're go- they've gone from bad to horrific. Um, there's really not much to say about this team now. We knew it was going to be bad until the end. I didn't know it was going to be quite this bad. I thought they'd be at least competitive. They're getting their asses kicked in every game, and it's not fun. But before we get to the Blackhawks, um, there is some good news to share. And if you tuned out the Hawks game tonight, which why wouldn't you? Um, <laughs> you missed the announcement from Eddie Olchek saying that he had his scan and is now 100% cancer-free. So that is awesome news for an awesome guy who, throughout this entire season, uh, has done a lot to uh, inspire people, a lot to educate people. Um, just really um, so much that Eddie has done that 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 people don't know about um, while he was suffering, while he was going through this chemo and this treatment, and he was obviously not feeling well himself. Um, it's just great news. I, I'm so happy that Eddie is healthy and, uh, you know, presumably back at full strength for broadcast and everything. So congratulations to Eddie Olchek. I want to tell you this, James. We had Eddie on uh, the score with uh, the recently departed Spiegel and Parkins show, and Eddie had a guy uh, write the show and say, hey, you know, you've helped me get through a tough time. You helped me get tested, and I discovered I had something, and, and it's treatable now. And off the air, Eddie asked for that guy's number. Uh, just a stranger. This is a texture to a radio station, you know. Uh, just wishing Eddie well and thanking him for the inspiration to get checked. And uh, Eddie ca- called the guy personally, talked to the guy personally, and helped him. Uh, and he, he did that a number of times. That's just the one specific incident that I know of. But I know that he was doing that with a lot of people that reached out to him. He would follow up with them personally. Just total strangers, just Hawks fans, and needed some advice and needed some encouragement. And he did it at a time when he was feeling horrible himself. So... Um, however you feel about Eddie, the broadcaster, I think he's terrific as a broadcaster. I know some people don't love him. I love him as a broadcaster. Um, but as a guy, there's not many people better than Eddie Olchek. So, uh, so happy and thrilled for Eddie, a guy I can, I think I can call my friend. Um, and, uh, just great news, uh, during the first intermission tonight. Yeah, obviously I saw that news on Twitter. I've kind of been bouncing back and forth between, uh, that game and the NCAA tournament, obviously, don't blame anybody for kind of doing the same thing. And I have to obviously echo your sentiments that it's absolutely awesome that Eddie is, you know, clean bill of health. He's ready to go. I mean, he he fought that disease hard and it took a lot out of him. And you could definitely tell in the times that he was back during his treatment, like it just it wasn't easy, man. And it never is easy in that fight against that insidious disease. And for him to have beaten cancer and to be fully healthy, ready to go for the remainder of this Blackhawks season, and then hopefully for you know a good long playoff run with NBC. I'm looking forward to hearing a lot more Eddie O as the uh, playoffs get underway, and I'm looking forward to him being in the uh, booth again full-time next season because as much as Steve Conroy, I think, kind of improved in the role, uh, during the season, I think he'd be the first one to say that it, he was just keeping Eddie's chair warm and Eddie is going to come back into that booth and uh, kick some ass just like he did against cancer. So kudos to Eddie. Very glad that he's healthy and ready to go and can't wait to hear him back in the booth on a regular basis. No doubt about that. And that sort of leads me into the conversation I want to have with you tonight. You mentioned how you're looking forward to 
listening to Eddie in the playoffs and seeing him cover the games for NBC, yada, yada, yada. This season has taken a ton out of me. Uh, I don't know if you feel the same way. I don't know if I think our listeners, a lot of our listeners that we've heard from have felt the same way. As soon as game 82 is played, I, I really don't know how much playoff hockey I'm going to watch. I'm going to be honest with you. This season has left such a bad taste in my mouth as far as just really a miserable experience from game two <laughs> to 82. Game one was great where they just lit up the Penguins and we all predicted Brandon Sow would have, you know, 40 goals and they're, you know, back to where they were at the top of Western Conference. And then what happened, right? It just all fell apart um, from the weird rumors about Corey Crawford to just simply the fact that he was out as long as he was um, to just the second half being terrible, just terrible. I remember, uh, wasn't it uh, Patrick Kane right after the all-star break said that it had to go 23 and nine or whatever, then whatever it yeah. was, he said, and they went on to lose what, like nine out of those 10. It was yep, like nine that. out of their first 10 games out of the all-star break. They lost. Yeah, it was insanely bad like unbelievably difficult hockey to watch and i've always said to people when they like talk to me about like blogging about the blackhawks and doing this podcast i've always said it's not really work like it definitely has moments where you kind of feel stressed out while you're doing it but overall like you're getting paid to watch and talk about hockey and there's nothing really work about that but this year's blackhawks team for the first time, I can honestly say, has been work to pay attention to and to watch and to cover and to analyze and do all that stuff. And it, I, I definitely don't feel the urge necessarily to just like watch every single playoff game. I'm not going to be like glued to my television if the Maple Leafs play the Blue Jackets in the first round or whatever. But there are still teams like the Nashville Predators, the Vegas Golden Knights, the Tampa Bay Lightning that I'm definitely going to pay attention to. And I am rooting like crazy for a matchup like that in the Stanley Cup final, a Tampa Vegas or a Tampa Nashville or a Toronto matchup like I the hockey fan in me. I would tune into that. But if it's like Penguins and Predators again, I'm probably going to check out. But <laughs> I, I definitely I'm looking forward to playoff hockey and seeing actual competence on the ice i think that's not a high bar to climb or to jump over and i'm hoping that this year's playoffs can kind of wash some of this nonsense out of my mouth after watching what will be 82 games of blackhawks hockey yeah i and I, you know as you're saying that I, i'm trying to convince myself that i'm going to be in once the playoffs start but i'm just not feeling it man and i'm telling you if it was not for this podcast I probably would have bailed on this Hawks team 20 games ago because we're n there's nothing to watch for. You know, the, the whole thing's a wash. I, I think we've seen what we've seen from Schmaltz. We've seen what we've seen from Debrinkit. You feel good about those two, right? You think the arrow's pointed the right way. Um, Vinny Henestrosa's had some nice moments. Um, you know, but aside from that, all these kids they've called up, like Highmore and... Um, is it Martinek who's up there now and all these guys they've given a look they're all just guys I don't really see much of a like oh this guy could be a future you know second liner or uh you know penalty kill special they're all just they're all just dudes they're all just players and it doesn't mean they're bad 
but I don't see any real potential in those guys. I think it's Schmaltz, it's Debrinkit, to a lesser extent Hinnestroza, and your comp, your your camps and your guys like that, even like John Hayden, who I like and I really, really want to be great. I just don't have a lot of confidence that they're going to amount to much in our NHL career. So typically, you'd be watching to see these kids develop, but I think we've seen what we're going to see from them this year. And, and I wonder if when things get as bad as they've gotten, if you just sort of have to throw out the last 10 games or so as a coach, as a GM, and say, okay, this was a crazy year with a lot of weird stuff going on, some bad luck, some bad injuries, some other unfortunate things, and you just kind of have to chalk it up to a weird season. I don't know how much there's actually to glean in these last 10 games, I guess is what I'm saying. And uh, it's been a chore for me to watch them, I'll be honest. And, when I, and even when I do watch the games, I'm watching them sort of half paying attention because it's just not enjoyable. And it's back in the day when the Hawks sucked, like in the, you know, before Taves and Kane got here, you watched for hope. You watched to see, like, okay, is there any sign that they're going to get out of this someday, right? And and right now it just feels like it's, as opposed to who's going to grow and who's going to be good for this team, it's when can we just hit the reset button and try again next year and see what happens in the offseason. To me, I'm not really super interested in Hawks news until the draft and free agency start, I'll be honest. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I feel you big time. Like, there's... I, I feel like the post-game podcast idea, I really am kind of regretting the fact that we didn't start doing it last season because there was a lot more to talk about after every single game, and now there just isn't anything, man. We end up, like, breaking down, like, the game, and then after, like, five minutes, it's like, well, what are we going to complain about? Like, <laughs> you just yeah, kind of, like, start running out of things to talk about. Well, and... it's, it's rough on the listener, too, because it's the same story every night. Yeah. The goaltending was bad. The power play wasn't good enough. Yada, yada, yada. It's the same story. So it's one thing yep. if it's, like, playoff year and there's good games and bad games and there's things to look forward to for the playoffs. With this, and, you know, both of us just sort of said, okay, we'll do post games every now and again. But who wants to listen to that? Who wants to listen to the Hawks lose again, 4-1 to one, to the Buffalo Sabres? It's just, ugh. How many times <laughs> can we say the same thing, right? And that's sort of been yeah. our philosophy with the podcast has been, let's not just complain about how bad this year has been. Let's look forward and let's think about what the future holds and what the moves are going to be in the offseason because I think that's what's interesting and that's what's important, not these final seven games. I don't think yeah. they matter at all really to anybody. I, I would definitely agree with that. Um, I think that I, I'm not really particularly interested in whether or not the Blackhawks will be able to spoil things for the St. Louis Blues or the Colorado Avalanche down the stretch. I know that obviously playing each of those teams twice uh, is going to be, or is it Colorado or Winnipeg they play twice? They play one of those teams twice. I You know what? That's how... That's how little I care about the rest of the season. I have no idea who the Blackhawks even play anymore. The answer is who gives a shit. But whatever. Anyway, my point is that a lot of people are like, kind of like, oh, they could play split. I don't care. I I just don't, man. That that narrative never really sits with me. Like, I don't really care about keeping St. Louis out of the playoffs. Yeah, it's fun to make fun of them and stuff, but. In the end, who ultimately cares? See, playoff spoiler to me is a role for loser teams. 
Exactly. Right? It's not oh the role God, for yes. uh, three Stanley Cups in the last, uh, you know, in the last eight years. That's not a. So, by the way, they play uh, Winnipeg twice and St. Louis twice. There we go. I I couldn't. I knew it was a Central Division foe that I loathe and hold in very low esteem. <laughs> I just didn't remember which one. Yeah. Well, that's what it is. So set your DVRs for Chicago, Winnipeg on Saturday on Saturday, April seventh. I'm sure that's spoilage. All, that's all By the way, if you want to go see the Blackhawks play on Monday, I just saw this. There are tickets available to that game for twenty three bucks. People are unloading those tickets. They are not wanting to go see the Chicago Blackhawks play. Are you talking about official, like, through the team, or are you talking about tickets, like, through, like, a uh, broker? Like our sponsor, our pa- Seat Giant. Our pals Giant. at Seat Giant and StubHub both had very cheap tickets. Well, if you'd like to buy those tickets, you can save if you use uh, SeatGiant.com promo code MADHOUSE. So you can go hey, for even hey, cheaper. Matthew Highmore scored a goal. I'm way behind on my – this is my one – um. My one complaint about cutting the cord is this PlayStation View, while it's great and inexpensive and I love it, it's also super far behind. <laughs> yeah, so, sorry about that. Spoiler alert. Yeah, no, it's um, okay. You know what? We're not going to do play-by-play of the game in, in progress. Instead, Jay, what I would like to do in our second segment yes. is I want to do kind of like a quick dive into, obviously, we can kind of touch on what we think went wrong this season But more importantly, I want to bring up some comments that Stan Bowman made in a New York Times article this week. It sounds good. So I think that's what we should hit when we come back out of our first break. All right, but before that first break, we want to tell you about our friends at Triple Threat Sports. You know by now that if you need to get an NHL jersey, an NFL jersey, whatever, made, that's the place to go. It's going to look outstanding. It's going to look fabulous. And by the way, speaking of people that beat cancer, Chris Hubble, also cancer survivor this year. So congrats to him as well. We've talked about that before. Um, but Triple Threat Sports, we're coming around to baseball season, right? Your kid's on a team. My kid's on a team. We're the Pink Panthers. Addie's number 22 on the Pink Panthers. So I, th- I get to wear a pink jersey all year because I'm the coach. Uh, but your league needs jerseys. Your teams need jerseys. 16 and softball is about to start too. Triple Threat Sports is the place to go to outfit your team in whatever sport you need. Uh, baseball, softball. You know, you got a flag football team, lacrosse, anything. Triple Threat Sports is going to make you look uh, like the best dressed team in the league. So check them out at triplethreatsports.com or give them a call 708-478-6090. That's 708-478-6090. Or send them an email at chris at triplethreatsports.com. Triple Threat Sports, if you can wear it, they can make it. Back with more red hot hockey conversation on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we haven't given up on the Blackhawks yet. <laughs> Even though math says they're eliminated from the playoffs, I refuse to believe it until the season ends and they're not playing for Lord Stanley Silver Chalice. Anywho, enough you are of my high right now. <laughs> How many pots have you smoking? How much peyote well, you know, did we, you do in we Arizona? Gave up on the season, what, probably like game 55, 60 or so. Like Sounds we were right. just like, yeah, this is done. Yeah. Um, all right. So we both think that the Blackhawks have some work to do this offseason. We think that they need to make some changes. Does Stan Bowman agree with us? The answer to that question is no. No, he does not. 
in an article in the New York Times which discussed the the fall of the Blackhawks from top tier of the NHL to also ran, Bowman insisted that the Blackhawks are not light years away from where we want to be. Bowman pointed to the way the Tampa Bay Lightning and the Colorado Avalanche rebounded this season after tough times a season ago. Although the realities of the NHL's hard salary cap will force him and the rest of Chicago's front office to face difficult decisions heading into next year, Bowman said he did not anticipate a need to make sweeping changes. Jay, I have two questions about that comment. Okay. Question number one, does that indicate to you that there is at least a chance that Bowman's just going to go, you know what, we're not firing Joel, we're not selling off a bunch of assets, we're just going to kind of maintain status quo? Or do you think that he is playing possum a little bit and he's going to go aggressively and do something? I think that both could be true. And I know that's kind of a cop-out, but if Stan Bowman is nothing if not unpredictable. Um, we saw him a couple weeks ago make comments that, well, you know, when you look at the core of this team, they're really not that old. Like, Jonathan Taves is only 29, and Kane's only 29, and blah, blah, blah. Like, dude, are you watching what we're seeing? Now, I will agree with him on one thing. I do think that if Corey Crawford is healthy, that they are a borderline playoff team. Now, cup contender probably not but i think if Corey crawford had been healthy for you know if it was after christmas and he never went on ir after christmas i think there's a good chance that this team is significantly better say what you want about their save percentages or whatever baruby and forsberg have been bad and they've given up bad goals at really bad times like whenever it felt like the hawks were getting back into something you can almost count on a bad goal being given up it was almost you could set your watch to it. Um, so I do think with Corey Crawford, with just Corey Crawford, this team is probably a playoff team or playoff contender uh, at this point this year. Maybe they're fighting for a playoff spot, but I think they're definitely a playoff team. So are they that far away from winning again? That's kind of the question. And if Stan Bowman believes they're not, I find it hard to believe that he's going to fire Joel Quenville. Now, Dan McNeil, who has recently uh, hired at the score again on his first or second show, said he's heard from an unimpeachable source that Joel Quinville expects to be fired. He thinks he's going to get fired at the end of the year. Now, say I don't know how you feel about Dan McNeil. I don't think he would make that up. Uh, he is a huge Hawks fan and talks to people in the Hawks and about the Hawks all the time. So there's no reason that I would doubt his information. Uh, so if it's true that Joel Quenville expects to be fired, you would think a guy with that sort of tenure would would have some sort of inside info that maybe they'd say, look, Joel, you know, we're going to let you play out the string here and finish this year and we'll find a way to, you know, get rid of you without it. And we'll all save face. Right. Like we'll say you're resigning or whatever. Um, so if Quenville expects it, maybe it's going to happen. If, if McNeil's info information is correct. Um, maybe it will happen, but if I'm a betting man and uh, I'm not, but if I was, I still think it's going to be status quo this season. As far as the staff goes, I think that Bowman's back. I think that Quenville's back, uh, on a very short leash, but I think Quenville's back. And, uh, if Corey Crawford's back, they could be right back to a playoff contending team again, but that's, that's a lot of ifs. 
It's a lot of ifs for me. My thinking here, based on what Stan said in the article, is I'm actually going to take it in fa- at face value. And I know that's usually a fool's errand when it comes to an NHL executive, but I have a good reason for it. It's because he's already gotten to re-sign Eric Gustafson and Jan Ruda, and he's making these decisions to keep these guys. I highly, highly doubt that John McDonough would give him carte blanche to re-sign guys and then fire him. That seems kind of silly to saddle the new guy with contracts. That probably would be a bad idea. Also, I'm going to take that as indicating to me that Bowman thinks this roster is at least close. He may not think that it's perfect. Obviously, you cannot think this roster is good enough completely as currently constructed considering they they were eliminated from the playoffs essentially with like 18 games to go. They were pretty much done. So you can't think that they're set to go. But Stan clearly, I think, thinks that the team is in a position where they need to make some tweaks. Not a massive overhaul, but tweaks. And to that end, I think that if he truly believes that in, from his signings, I think it's indicative that he believes that. I would say that if he thinks that this thing just needs tweaks, you're not going to get a better coach for next season than Joel Quenville. You can argue that you can get a coach for like three, four years from now that's probably going to be better in terms of like resurrecting the careers of the guys and kind of, you know, tuning up the young guys and getting them playing at an elite level, yada, yada. You can definitely say that. But I think that if you're looking at strictly next season and the way that Stan Bowman is both talking and acting, I think he's looking at this as another run at a playoff spot And I think the guy he's going to say is going to get them on that path. And to that end, I think he's going to say it's Joe Quindle, and I don't think he's going to fire him. Well, let me ask you this, and and I agree with you. Now, is it safe to assume that Brandon Saab will have a better year next year? I think the answer to that question is yes. Is it safe to assume that Jonathan Taves can be the Jonathan Taves he was for the last third of this season as opposed to the first two-thirds of this season. I think that's a reasonable, I don't know if you can expect it, but I think it's a reasonable thing that could happen. Is it fair to think that Patrick Kane, in a more normal season, uh, with a little more consistency in the lineup, could return to a point-per-game player? I think the answer to that is yes. Is it feasible that both Nick Schmaltz and Alex Dabrinkit take another step next year? Yes, I think those are both true. Now, those are the things that I feel good about. From there, I'm not totally sure. And, you know, as much as I want to believe in Jan Ruda and Eric Gustafson and these defensemen that he brought back, I'm just not sold that they're going to be any better than they are right now. You know, I, I think that Ruda's fine. He's a fine five or six. I think Gustafson is ideally a seven or an eight. Um, I don't see either of those guys as everyday players. Jordan Osterley had a really good year, but I think on a playoff team, he can't be your second best defenseman. And no, that's that's what he was this year. And you could and Duncan Keith, who is your best defenseman, has shown signs of slowing down big time. Lots of turnovers, missing that sort of that step that he used to have to make up for some of the mistakes he made. Um 
boy, it, it, it's hard for me to see Duncan Keith taking a step forward next year. Um, there's a lot of questions, and I think when these re-signings were made, that's sort of why I was so upset about them. Like, why? Like, why is this a priority right now? Why do you have to lock up Jan Ruda and Eric Gustafson? What have they done to prove they deserve a spot on this team? And I don't know. I just don't know what... When I hear Bowman say the things he says about, like, oh, you know, I I think we're closer than you think, and I think that, you know, our star players are not really declining. It's just a fluke. Uh, it, it scares me because things do need to happen. You're not going to be able to trade Brent Seabrook, obviously. I, I don't think he's ever going to trade Taves or Kane. Uh, I, I, I just... I don't know what really can happen aside from tweaking the bottom end and bringing back two guys that were meh this year, even though it's a pretty decent money for both guys. I just don't know what it accomplishes. I think you're going to see a very similar roster next year. And unless there's some sort of big deal made in the offseason, like a major trade or a major signing, and they'll have some cap space, so they could do that. Uh, I, I just don't know how different the team's going to look. But again, with Crawford and with Caves and Caves, <laughs> Taves and Kane returning to their normal form. You're probably looking at a, pay, a playoff team, but still not a cup contender. I would agree with that. And I just, I don't think there's enough cap flexibility to say that they can really make that jump to cup contender status next season. Like, I just don't see it. Do you? I mean, I, I look at it. I don't think you can make that defense cup caliber in one off season based on the fact that not only do you have Brent Seabrook? You might want to plug your ears for this, Jay. Not only do you have him for six more years <laughs> at $41 million, but you also gave him a no-movement clause. Like, just, bah! Are you kidding me, man? Come on. Like, you not only made that contract untradeable with how much money it is, you literally made it untradeable by including that clause in it, man. Now, what did... Like, Brent Seabrook, obviously, I think earned at least a modified, whatever you want to say. He did not earn almost $7 million a season. Like, just come on. No. And yeah. neither, you know what? Neither did Artem and Isimov. He, the money isn't bad. It's the no movement clause that's like, are you flipping kidding me? You gave it to that guy? Like, yeah, he scored at least 20 goals in each of his seasons in Chicago. Big flipping whoop. You have two straight first-round exits and a missed playoffs. You know what? That 20 goals a season, great. You can't trade a guy making $4.5 million with a flippin' no-movement clause. Good grief. Like, if there's anything that I'm mad at Stan Bowman about, it's not really, like, re-signing guys that I think are easily replaceable. It's these idiotic no-movement clauses that are basically ensuring that the only strategy he's going to be able to do is to try to retool on the fly. Yeah, and aside from signing a major free agent like an Eric Carlson to your team this summer, uh, there's you're right. There nothing's going to return on the Stanley Cup form. It, it's just not. Maybe you'd be a playoff team, and they you know the old adage like once the playoffs start, you never know. But look, what we're seeing in hockey is the best teams win the cup. That. It's pretty rare that you're like, wow, that was unexpected. No. When was the last time a team just got, like, red hot and romped to a Stanley Cup? See, that's the thing. You have teams that they can romp to the Stanley Cup final, but they don't romp or, to the or Cup. Or, like, the Ottawa Senators last season or, right. you know, stuff like that. That happens now and again, but they don't win the Cup. They don't end up winning the Cup. 
That's why when you look at the, the recent cup winners, it's been a handful of teams. It's been the Penguins, the Hawks, and the Kings, basically. Uh, and, you know, and there's a reason for that. So, I don't know. Like, sure, maybe they get in the playoffs and maybe they win a round. Maybe they win two rounds. Maybe they go to the conference final. Who knows? But they're not a cup champion. And I don't know what they can do, again, short of signing an Eric Carlson-type player, um, which I don't know how they're going to do because it's going to cost them, what, Eric Carlson's probably going to get nine, ten million bucks. I, I'm i going to make a uh, pred- a bold prediction here Uh-oh. that er- Eric Carlson is going to make more than Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane. What? I mean, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't. Yeah. Right? I mean, I mean you look at inflation, you look at – how, I mean, that deal was signed, what, 2013? Whenever it was. Yeah. That was a long, that, those deals were signed a long time ago. Well, that's only what? One player makes more than them now, right? Yep. And it's Connor McDavid. And rightfully so. Yeah. I think uh, somebody matched him, if I recall correctly. I think Carey Price is also making, like, roughly that much money. But I'd have to look it up. I don't remember exactly what his extension was. But, no, there's there are not many guys who are making that kind of coin. And I got to think that Eric Carlson hits that market. He's going to be that guy. Yeah. And there's no way the Hawks afford that. So, like we said, short of a player like that coming in uh, without anything going out, which is almost impossible, um, you know, then they're not going to get back to the 2015-13-10 form that we're familiar with. So, all right, let's take another break, come back. We talked last week about um, who we might be rooting for in the playoffs. I want to revisit that a little bit before we get to emails. Uh, but before that, I want to tell you about our friends at Marishka's, 604 Theodore Street in Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. I talk a lot about um, these restaurants I love uh, that advertise on this, sta- on this podcast, and I mean it. And Marishka's is a place, and James can vouch for this too, that you'd be proud to take a friend or a family member uh, to go. It's it's a high quality place. It's it's managed and cared for with love by a family that's poured their heart and soul into it for you know o- almost a century now. Uh, the best poor boy you've ever had. They've got great steaks, seafood, chops, everything. A full uh, bar with great craft beer. They have banquet facilities for up to 110 people. So make sure if you're out in the Crest Hill Joliet area, you check out Marishka's 604 Theodore Street. Visit marishkas.com or facebook.com slash marishkas. That's M-E-R-I-C-H-K-A-S. They're closed only on Christmas, Easter, the 4th of July, and Thanksgiving. So go check out our friends at Marishkas. When we come back, we will talk about our playoff hopefuls on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Welcome back into the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, where we're talking about the freshly eliminated Chicago Blackhawks who lost tonight to the Vancouver Canucks, further eliminating them, I guess. I don't know. Further. They're already done. You're not just eliminated. You're further eliminated. <laughs> You're eliminated so far now, you don't even know. So, before we get to the postseason and who this podcast is going to root for, we, we have to mention Blackhawks South, the Carolina Hurricanes, who have basically poached every player from the Blackhawks. It's essentially their entire roster. However, it was one of their non-Blackhawks tonight that made just the most ridiculous play that you're ever going to see. You thought Mike Smith's butt goal was going to be the weirdest goal ever scored by an NHL goalie. 
No, sir. Cam Ward tonight, as the puck was coming around the boards on a dump in, the puck got stuck in his skate blade behind the net. Cam Ward decided it would be a fun idea to skate back to the crease and put his skate and the puck into the net. Officials did not blow the play dead and ruled it a good goal. Jay Zawoski, I will ask you, having seen this play and heard the description of it, should that goal have counted? I just watched the replay because you told me about it during our break, and I don't know how you don't stop that play. Like, he clearly doesn't know where the puck is. The refs probably don't know where the puck is. So it's in his blade. He's spinning around kind of like, uh, where where the hell is the puck? I, I, can't, I can't find it. Goes into his net to look behind the net. The skate goes in, and the puck's on his, <laughs> the puck's in his skates and goes in. I think it should have been blown dead. After seeing the review, I think it should have been blown dead. See, I think to me, the, the butt goal, I thought was, they'd made the right decision to count it because the puck had that weird-ass bounce off the glass and ended up basically landing on Smith's back and sliding into his goal pads. Like, I get that. You can't blow that play dead in case that puck just drops. Like, you have to let that go. In this instance, that thing was clearly lodged in a skate blade. And if the official knew where it was, should have blown it dead because of that. And if he didn't know where it was, then you don't know where the puck is, and you have to assume it's out of play, and you blow the play dead. Like, I don't understand why not only the whistle didn't go, but they didn't invoke our favorite rule, intent to blow. Like, how on earth can you not invoke that and at least give Cam Ward some dignity, man? <laughs> like, hey, my God, that poor guy. Like, that is going to be shown on blooper reels for years and years and years. That There is no way that goal should have counted. Oh, my God. that That's crazy. Yeah, I forgot about the butt goal happening so sh- <laughs> That's... Uh, it's fun to laugh about hockey again, isn't it? Ironically, I think it was against the, I think it was against the, yeah, the Coyotes were playing the Hurricanes tonight, I believe. Yep, that's correct. Yeah, so (sighs) the Coyotes are just apparently going to be involved in every single weird goal ever. All right, so last week we asked our podcast listeners who they were rooting for in lieu of the Blackhawks. Um, And I think most of our responses were Vegas Yep. Um, and for a while there, I agreed with it. But then I started to think, the Vegas Golden Knights have a lot of ass bags on their roster. <laughs> they've got James Neal. They've got Ryan Reeves. they got a lot of guys I don't really want to cheer for. Um, so I'm out on Vegas. I'm sorry. It's a cool story. And if they win a Stanley Cup, I'll appreciate it because it's a cool story. But they are not getting my rooting this playoff series this playoff season i'm very sorry my friend it's not happening too many wings on the biggest golden you're pulling you're pulling rank on our listeners who overwhelmingly wanted us to bandwagon for the vegas golden knights you are telling them nine you are telling them no Uh, they can be hearing they can be the official playoff team of the madhouse chicago hockey podcast they are not the official playoff team of jay zawoski that's all i'm saying Mm mm-hmm so with that, there's two teams that I want to see do well. Um, one is the Columbus Blue Jackets, 
for no real reason other than oh, come on. I think that the ultimate ass bag. I know, but he's, he, say that. he's not on the ice. And there's it guys. Matter. He's commanding the troops. Screw that guy. No. There's guys on that team that I like. I like Artemi Panarin, obviously. Um, I, I like going to games in Columbus. I think they have a good fan base. And I think the fact that, like, that ridiculous market winning a Stanley Cup would be hilarious. The team I'm actually rooting for this year that I really want to see win a Stanley Cup because they've been good for so long and they really, I think, deserve one. And it's not the Washington Capitals. It is the San Jose Sharks. I would like really? to see the Sharks have a nice playoff run. Yeah, I, li- I like what they do. They've been good and competitive for a long time. Uh, love Joe Thornton. Love Brent Burns. I just, I would just really like to see the Sharks win the cup. I think if the Pittsburgh Penguins win a third straight cup, I'm going to quit watching hockey. Like, <laughs> I, I think we can just retire the podcast and be done because I just, I cannot deal with that again. Yeah, that's a rough go, especially for Hawks fans who have the argument like, well, the Hawks won three and the Penguins are like, well, we won three, two, including two in a row. That third in a row would be, that's the, that is the uh, argument ender. Well, and then and then Jay inevitably would bring up they could have beaten the Kings in 2014 and they could have won three cups in a row. They should have. It'll, oh, there you go. Oh my god. Yeah. Well, I I can't hate on the San Jose pick. I will obviously hate on the Columbus pick all day because I know John Tortorella torts. drives me more insane than anyone on the planet. It seems like. I've gone from hating him to appreciating how big of a dick he is. Nope. I still am not to that point. Screw like, that guy. Like, wow, he's he's still that way. That's amazing. He is committed to being a dick. He is. You got to respect that at some point. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain athletes that are like that, that are just like to the level of dickishness where you're just like, you know what? I respect your resolve. Just keep being <laughs> you, man. I don't care. Yeah, exactly. But, I just am not there with John Tortorella. All right, man. that's fair. I don't, I don't know why, I just am not. All right, well, so you're going with Vegas? That's your pick? I'm really torn, man, because I want to root for Vegas, but I also feel like everybody's on their bandwagon, so I don't really think they need me. <laughs> that's probably true. Like, I'm trying to, like, I, I think that, like, so many people are going to jump on the Vegas bandwagon that it's going to clear up some room on the Nashville bandwagon. So I think I might jump back on that. All right. I'm having problems cheering for Nashville because um, they are they're a rival now. Like, they're probably the Hawks' main rival at this point. I'm sorry. I think you have to qualify for the playoffs to worry about rivalries. So I'm not really all that worried about it right now. Nashville is clearly superior to the Blackhawks. Well, Yes, that's obvious, but I'm saying, you're, so could you root for the Blues? Because rivalries go out the window when the playoffs start? No, because some things like St. Louis being an awful place transcend that. <laughs> All right, I respect that. Oh, and you know what? Let's let's bring this up. You know what? We brought up St. Louis. Let's just go ahead and say this. MLB posted on their Twitter account yesterday a video of Kyle Schwarber hitting a home run. And I bet you cannot guess what most of the comments were on that video. Uh, I can't. It was ass bag Cardinals fans whining about the guy who struck out a million times 
being featured, it's all, oh, the Cubs act like they've won three straight World Series, and MLB's riding the Cubs' jock. God, Cardinals fans are insufferable. I just, man. Like, I know. I know that Chris Ranji has Screw had Chris Ranji. these, like, Twitter moments where he's like, nah, they're no more insufferable than anybody else. To Chris Ranji, I say nay. They are definitely more insufferable than any other fan base. They are the literal worst. I would rather talk to a Yankees fan than a Cardinals fan. There, I said it. Well, at least the Yankees fans, I mean, look, the Cardinals have a lot of World Series too, but you can't F with the Yankees. I mean, that's they're the Yankees. They're they're like the Yankees of the Yankees, right? That's what people say about sports. Well, they're the Yankees of hockey. They're the Yankees of football. The Yankees are the damn Yankees. So it's hard to hate on them. All right, you ready to do some emails? Apparently, I'm, like, fired up enough to where these emails better be good or else listeners are getting some wrath tonight. All right, let's do it. Email the guys at madhousepod at gmail.com or follow them on Twitter at madhousepod. The email segment, as always, is brought to you by our friends at Chuck's Southern Comforts Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit Chuck's Cafe dot com and go get some tremendous barbecue some tremendous cajun some tremendous mexican and some great bar food you'll be amazed whatever you have at chucks uh they have got the 120 beer club try every beer on tap and you win a prize pack of some kind you get your name on the wall all that good stuff um chucks is awesome they've got uh they can accommodate banquets at both locations we had our baby shower there back in geez 2010 long time ago <laughs> and uh we've had several family events at both locations so chucks is awesome go there my favorite is the saturday special the coach needed to bill but like i said everything there is tremendous i love the jambalaya i say it's the best i've ever had and i stand by it so visit our friends at chucks cafe again burbank and darian chuckscafe.com for locations and specials all right first email of the show comes from our friend nicholas malone the uh aforementioned maloner boner uh, he t- he says this article was just posted uh, about Nick Schmaltz and all the steals he had this year posted at Second City Hockey. He says funny because I was literally thinking about it after my morning skate for as much as people praise Saad for being the next Hosa, Schmaltz is quietly developing into that kind of player. He just needs to continue his strength and conditioning. If he were to develop a strong base, he would be really dynamic. As of right now, he's getting knocked around way too much. Uh, I like everything I saw from Nick Schmaltz this year. I really do. And I, th- I do think you're right. I think a little more size, a little more uh, muscle will benefit him. But that also comes with age. you got to remember that we're talking about a young hockey player. And you saw uh, one guy in particular who started his career small and bulked up big time is Patrick Kane. And uh, that comes with time. That comes with uh, NHL training, NHL trainers, NHL seasons. So I don't think that's a huge concern. I do think that he's going to be one of the stars of this team for a long time, assuming they don't have to trade him for cap relief. I hate that those words came out of your mouth because it's exactly what I was thinking, man. Yep. Yeah. I, I, let's let's not speak it into existence. Next email. I, I, I would agree with that, and I also would agree with the with uh, Malone or Boner that I think Nick Schmaltz's defense is honestly – kind of understated like it it kind of almost reminds me of like when reporters would yell about hosa never being a selkie candidate 
like where it was like, wait, is his defense actually kind of underrated a little bit because he like never finishes higher than like sixth or seventh in Selkie? I kind of maybe feel that way just about the way we talk about Nick Schmaltz because we always talk about his speed and his incredible passing ability. God, he can pass. But we don't really talk about his defense that much, and it is really good. It has been. This year he's been really impressive on the defensive end and plays the – that's why I'm glad they stuck with him at center. And that's one thing I want to give Quenville credit for this year is that he did give Schmaltz a leash at center. Sometimes he had to move him to wing – um, just simply out of demand, right? They just, uh, it was more of a numbers thing than anything. Um, but for the most part, he's played center. He's played it well. Uh, I'm really encouraged from what I've seen from him this year, and I think it's only going to get better. Uh, next question from Alex B. from Oklahoma. He says, hello, James and Jay. How are y'all doing? I'm fine. I'm like a 7 out of 10 right now. Um, uh, he says, everyone knows which GMs and coaches are on the hot seat. Who is your surprise pick for coach or GM to be fired at the end of the season? Hmm, that's a good mm. question. Try to think of like a sneaky underachiever this year, right? Like teams with higher expect aside from the Hawks, of course. <laughs> teams with higher expectations that sort of fell short. Um, mm. I mean, people expected more from Arizona, right? Eh, like I still don't think Rick Tockett is getting fired there. Like Dallas was supposed to be a playoff team and they still could be, but I don't know. I, it's hard to say like a surprise firing. I think that would be maybe a question to be answered at like after the playoffs, when a team that's expected to go far, maybe gets unexpectedly eliminated. Right. I think that could be yeah. the time to sort of ask that question. Cause I think right now teams are either playoff teams or they're not. So it's clear who the candidates to be fired are, but if some team that's expected to do great, like, Tampa or Boston or you know one of those top of the top tier teams if they don't succeed in the playoffs or they don't make at least make a nice run then you can talk about something but I think as far as any surprise it's sort of hard to predict at this point I I think I'm gonna go with uh Barry Trotz and Washington like I know that like he's sort of on the hot seat but I still think that it's one of those things where where are you really gonna upgrade over him like Unless Joel becomes available, then he maybe could coach in Washington. But I was thinking maybe Barry Trotz with them. And then I was thinking maybe Bruce Boudreaux with the Wild. If they get bounced from the playoffs early, you think they maybe make a change up there? That would be that would be one of my top candidates. Yeah, I would think that that would be because when is it going to come? Like we keep talking about how the Wild are good and how they have a lot of talent. And all that's true, and then they always fall short. And in fairness, a lot of times they run into the Blackhawks on their yeah. Stanley Cup run. So it's tough to be overly critical of the Wild, but the Wild never really gave the Hawks a really hard time, right? It, when the Hawks were going to the Cups, it was sort of like they plowed through the Wild. It yeah, wasn't, it wasn't like, even close. Like, yeah. There was maybe one year that Corey Crawford kind of had to, like, carry the day, but, it, like... For the most part, the Blackhawks kind of were in cruise control against Minnesota. I agree. Yeah, I think that that's a good pick. I'm going to say that one for now until we see how the playoffs go. Next email from Alex Keller. He says, hey, guys, I was hoping you'd put your G- on your GM cap. I realize you'll probably hit on this when the offseason officially starts, but what would your three main priorities for the summer be for the Blackhawks? Uh, P.S. Jay, I hope your dad's surgery went well. It did. Thank you for asking. 
Um, so our three main priorities for the Blackhawks this summer, James, go ahead. You go first. Sign Sakura. Yes. Get him under contract. Get him in camp. They need him. Number two, I want him to uh, bulk up Nick Schmaltz a little bit. I think an earlier email had mentioned getting a little bit more core and lower body strength. I think that's definitely something that needs to happen. And then third and finally, you have to move a big contract. You have to get a contract off the books without giving up a guy like Nick Schmaltz or Alex DeBrincat. I don't care whether it's Anisimov or Seabrook or whomever. You need to get a big contract off the books, and you've got to give yourself a little bit of flexibility to kind of maneuver around and to sign somebody to help improve that blue line because I don't think a guy like Yokoharu is going to come in next season and make a giant impact on the blue line like he might, but I kind of doubt it. And if I still he makes think he needs a little bit more development time, but I think that's where that's where my head's at. Improve those kinds of like – younger guys kind of get them moving in the right direction and then to make a move to open up some flexibility to give yourself a boost on that defensive side of the puck. I agree with all those. I'm going to add one too. Um, I think that whatever you do, uh, the main goal this summer should be finding out what Corey Crawford's future is. Is he a guy you can expect to be healthy for 82 games next season and beyond because if he's not and this is going to be a recurring situation with him that changes the course of the organization in my opinion i think you know unless they're going to like you said trade anisimov and sign a great goalie um which becomes difficult because there's not a ton of great goalies um you know they need to me that needs to be the number one thing is to find out just what Corey crawford you're going to get for the remainder of his career or his contract Trade uh, Brent Seabrook to the Rangers for Henrik Lundqvist. <laughs> sure, that works. Yeah, I'll do that. I'm down with that. No, I, I just think that that's a huge priority. they got to find out what is ailing Corey Crawford and how to fix it. And then, uh, again, if he's healthy, I think their odds to win and be competitive are way, way, way better because Berube and Forsberg are bad. And that's kind of brings me to another key is find a better backup goalie. Because these two didn't mm-hmm. work out. They didn't work out. You got to pay for goaltending. And I know it's it's tough, but guys get hurt. And you saw it cost them a lot this season. If they had Scott Darling this year or they had Antti Ranta this year, they're in way better shape, I think. Maybe still not a playoff team, but they're not at the bottom of the conference. No way Agreed. in hell. All right, that's it for the emails. You want to pick a winner? You like one very much? They win a got free it. breakfast at Chuck's. God, I almost like all of them, man. <sighs> well, I, let's see. We have one guy in Oklahoma, so he's not going to want Chucks. No, he won't. But we can always do what we've done in the past. We can give away a breakfast to one emailer and a card to another. All right, let's do that. So let's give uh, Alex Keller had the, the three keys to the offseason. I like that one. I did like that a lot. Let's give him the breakfast. And okay. then um, Nick Malone on the uh, t- on Nick Schmaltz and his defense. That's something that no one's really brought up this year. God, we, we have not talked about it enough on this podcast, and it's definitely one of the positive things. So I, I feel really good about that. All right. There's your winners. 
Thank you guys for contributing to the podcast. Thank you for listening. I know it's a slog. I know it's a tough season. I know it's hard to find the Blackhawks' passion, but thank you for sticking with the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. James and I do appreciate it, and we will be here for you this summer. I know we're feeling frustrated right now, but we'll be around. We'll be with you every week. Sometimes deep in the summer when things get really slow, it'll be every two weeks, but we will be with you, and we'll be with you till the remainder of the season, too. So stick with us. There's still seven games to go. Ugh. But we're going to get there, guys. We're going to get to the finish line. But thank you for listening to tonight's edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast, which was brought to you by Triple Threat Sports. For all your team outfitting needs, call Chris at 708-478-6090. Mariska's and Crest Hill, family-owned and operated since 1933. Chuck's Southern Coverage Cafe with locations in Burbank and Darien. Visit chuckscafe.com and seatgiant.com. Use promo code MADHOUSE at checkout to save on your sports tickets. Thanks for listening to the podcast. For my partner, James Neveau, I'm Jay Zawaski. We'll be back with you next time on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Hot flashes, irritability, intimate dryness, even unsatisfying sex. Hi, I'm Dr. Alyssa Dweck, a board-certified OBGYN who has spent over 20 years helping women just like you safely find relief from these very natural symptoms without having to resort to hormones. To help my patients feel their best, I recommend products from Bonafide Health. Bonafide is a women's health company dedicated to providing women with non-hormonal and clinically validated products that work. Bonafide provides safe and effective solutions to manage a range of menopausal, sexual health, and PMS-related symptoms. That's why I recommend Bonafide products to my patients every day. In fact, I am also a Bonafide medical advisor. What I like most is that Bonafide products provide women real relief without compromise. Ladies, don't waste another minute feeling less than your best. Go to HelloBonafide.com and use code RADIO39 to save 20%. That's HelloBonafide.com and code RADIO39. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Offer valid on subscription only. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh, man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm going to need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.